Now, unless you've been living under a rock, you'll be well aware that the next International GS Trophy will be taking place in New Zealand. I've never been to New Zealand, but I know a man who has. Freelance motorcycle journalist John Bentman. JB, as he's commonly known, has adventure riding in his blood. He's ridden GS bikes all over the world, including the Australian Outback, Gobi Desert, Patagonia, Canadian Rockies and Southern Africa, to name just a few. He's been part of the media team at the past five International GS Trophy events, and he can't wait to get to New Zealand for his sixth. Why? Because he just loves the place. He spent quite a few years living over there, and even edited Kiwi Rider, New Zealand's most famous motorcycle magazine. He knows the country like the back of his hand, so it was my first port of call to find out more about this adventure rider's paradise. Anyway, so uh, welcome JB. Yeah, hi there, Andy. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast and talking to us today. Everyone's curious about this distant island where the next International GS Trophy will be held. So I thought, who better to unravel the mysteries of this faraway country with its wealth of culture and stunning landscapes than a fellow Brit who used to live there? So what took you to New Zealand in the first place, JB? Yeah, that's pretty straightforward. Um, I guess love, would you say? Um, A girlfriend of the time uh, who was a New Zealander who was getting homesick. And um, I didn't want to leave her at that point. So um, as you do, uh, followed along. Good for you, along with uh, thousands of others, no doubt. So, so how would you describe the country to someone who's never actually been there before? It's beautiful country, green, blue seas, blue skies, often, often a long white cloud as well. But there's only sort of five million people there. Most of them are based in the cities. So actually, whilst you wouldn't necessarily think of it as wilderness, um, there's a very low population count over most of the country. So it, it is quite wild. The roads vary. There's there's no motorways as such. Um, it's all little A roads and then a lot of B roads. Up until recently, I think they said 50% of the roads were unpaved. So um, a lot of challenges. 50% unpaved. That sounds interesting from a GS Trophy perspective. And of course, you've been to GS Trophy events in South Africa, South America, Canada, Thailand and Mongolia. How would you rate New Zealand as a GS Trophy destination? It's going to be excellent. I put it right at the top because I'm biased and I love the country deeply. Uh, and I just think the terrain there is going to be so varied. It's going to offer so much to the riders. Um, you couldn't typify it. I think we could typify previous rounds for the terrains that they have. But this one's going to offer a bit of everything. It's really going to test the breadth of their riding skills. That's really interesting from a different perspective because, of course, the 2020 International GS Trophy journeys across both islands. So I'm imagining the participants will really feel that they've they've ridden the whole country or at least experienced something of the whole country. So what's what's the difference if you can sum it up between the North and the South Islands? Yeah, it's um, <laughs> how do you do it? I, I would say the North is the warm island. It's uh, almost Mediterranean in climate. It's hilly, it's green, there's a lot of lowland areas, it's, um, there's a lot of dairying in the North Island, but at the same time there's sort of volcanoes in the middle, you've got um, thermal areas, uh, because New Zealand lives on a, um, a fault line between two tectonic plates, so there's an awful lot of um, seismic activity that goes on. So, And that doesn't it does cross into the South Island as well, but the South Island, you, you end up with big mountain ranges, you've got the Southern Alps there, 
deep, wide valleys where we find a lot of sheep stations and the like. I would say, you know, it's more alpine, almost Nordic in parts in the South Island. So it's incredible. You cross that um, Cook Strait and the world changes dramatically. So very exciting for the riders to have those two variations. And I do believe the riders are going to have to cross that Cook Strait to get from one to the other. So, so as a as a country, it seems to have everything. You know, as you, as you'd already said, rugged mountains, glaciers, fords, subtropical forests, volcanic plateaus, incredible beaches, and and of course, amazing roads. Could you compare New Zealand to anywhere else on Earth? You can, but everywhere in the world, uh, as as you might imagine, at the very top of the North Island, it's it's very Mediterranean. Um, you end up in a sort of West Country England through the middle there. <laughs> By the time you get to the bottom of the South Island, you're practically in Scotland. It's um, very sort of tundra-ish. And of course, you've got the fjords there, you know, which are very much like very Nordic. So, and, and there is actually a desert. Nobody necessarily remembers this, but um, Mount, uh, I think it's Tarawira, blew some time ago created the Taupo Lake, but also created about uh, 100 kilometres of desert. So, you know, we may be riding through that um, on one of the days. Who knows? It is the world in a microcosm. Yeah, fantastic. Fascinating as well. But temperature-wise, what temperatures would you imagine that we'll be experiencing next February when the trophy takes place? Yeah, February is the second half of summer for them. So um, if we start in the North Island, we're probably quite warm. We could be as high as the mid-30 degrees centigrade. Um, typically when I live there, you're wearing jandals, which are like flip-flops, open-toed shoes, you know, shorts and a t-shirt. That's all you could wear in the summer because it's warm enough. Um, but you will, if we head towards the Southern Alps, you know, overnight temperatures could drop to zero there. Um, depends where you go. But obviously as we head south, it will get cooler. So I should think the guys are going to start riding in shirts and finishing jackets. A little bit of everything again. So just moving on to the the motorcycling side of things. Now, you used to edit Kiwi Rider, which is New Zealand's most famous motorcycle magazine. So so what's the motorcycling culture like over there? Yeah, I'd say it thrives. It's um, there may be five million people, but the percentage of riders is very high. Um, There's the community is there, you know, is is very agricultural. So you get a lot of farmers and they use a lot of motorcycles for the farming because of the nature of the countryside. And uh, it was very natural for them to turn to racing those motorcycles at the weekends. But the Kiwis would tell you they were onto this very early. So they're, they're very passionate about their adventuring. And um, I know from the feedback I'm getting from the guys there, they're really, really happy to see the GS Trophy come uh, and to show, you know, through them to the world what this country's all about. Oh, what great news. And, and what about them? What about these people? Are they really as friendly and down to earth as we imagine? Yes. Um, they're their own people. I, I love them to pieces. Um, if you know Australians, you know they're very gregarious, very open, straight in your face. And uh, Kiwis have a quieter demeanour. They, um, they're very polite, very gentle. And um, they build their relationships slower, if you like. But they remain, as I know, um, friends for life after that. And, yeah, you couldn't find a more genuine people. And they're very gentle, as we said, that, you know, they, they live in a beautiful environment and they respect that. So uh, it's, it's a nice place to be. Lucky them. So what about um, actually out on the trail? You know, is there anything participants need to be aware of over there, like dangerous snakes and spiders or crazy drivers or freak weather? Yeah, um, no snakes. 
um, rats, which the Europeans brought over, of course, but uh, you're not going to see too many of those. Actually, I, um, we see possums are actually a bit of a danger on the road. They're quite slow-moving, big, furry creatures, and um, you definitely don't want to hit those. And it is possible to find them, especially early morning, you know, late evening. Um, the roads are more dangerous because they are variable in quality. We are in to get into wilderness regions, so you you may turn a corner and find, you know, the road gone in, in some respects. We, we uh, sometimes floods come through and, and that creates issues. Um, other drivers, they're not too bad in New Zealand. They, they do berate themselves. I think actually one of the biggest risks is probably the policemen who uh, are quite overzealous and uh, they don't like to see uh, speeding motorists, tourists or whatever. So um, keeping within the legal limits is going to be um, quite important, I'd say. Absolutely. And what about the what about the weather and, and climate? I mean, we, we hear about uh, earthquakes and, and we hear about, you know, volcanoes. Is is there, are there freak weather patterns over there compared to certainly what, what most of us in Europe are, are used to? Yeah, you, you can. I have in the past caught massive rains and uh, skirted them as you must. Um, it's actually the environment does dominate New Zealand, um, not man. And I mean, we know this, well, I knew it when I was there, there were frequently we would lose people. Uh, they would die out in the outback because it's so vast. Uh, you have to respect it. And we, uh, we will have obviously, you know, 100, 200 people maybe milling around, which will help. But uh, it's not a place to go and get lost because you may lost, stay lost forever. You know, it's um, so, you know, it is a wilderness in that respect. And, and every year, you know, tourists who go there, who go out into the bush, do find this. You know, it's as, it can be as dangerous as Australia in that sense. Road conditions are good, generally. Uh, I think they try very hard with their road coverings over there. You know, it's, it's pretty good. But we've got lots of gravel. And um, if we take some of the tracks that I've seen in the past, um, you can go down to single track and that can be really challenging up in the hills. In the South Island, for instance, there are gold miners trails that are often used by trail riders. And those are very challenging and uh, consequently really exciting. And, and if it rains, yes, you will get wet and maybe wet all the way through because the rain can get you know, pretty concentrated because it, you know, this is a weather pattern that comes across 2,000 miles of open ocean. So it, it can hit you hard. But um, again, you know, we, we've got modern textiles. We should be able to stay relatively comfortable. Absolutely. So, so nothing to be too worried about then. Just, just pure riding pleasure to look forward to next February. So thanks for talking to us, JB, and enlightening us all about this amazing place so far away in the South Pacific. I'm sure that those riders who've already won a place on their national team will be even more excited to go there now. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it as much as anybody. I mean, I lived there all those years, and I'm still so happy to be going back there. It's going to be amazing. Ah, brilliant. Can't wait. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers, Andy. Thanks, JB. And now on to someone I met at the International GS Trophy in 2016 in Thailand. Faisal Sucre. What started out as a round-the-world ride for Faisal led to participation in the International GS Trophy for Team Southeast Asia, certified off-road instructor training and international tour guide status. The Malaysian rider is a perfect example of how being part of the BMW Motorrad family has quite literally opened up a whole world of opportunity. In addition to leading motorcycle tours all over the world, Faisal was asked back in 2018 to take on the responsibility of being a marshal at that year's International GS Trophy in Mongolia, a role he found so rewarding 
that he's returning for more martial duties in New Zealand this coming February. He used to say that travelling had changed his life, but now he says that it's the BMW GS that has changed his life. Faisal tells Ride and Talk that sharing the excitement and the joy that the GS gives you is a real privilege and that he can't wait to share this joy with all the new riders and teams at the 2020 edition in New Zealand. My name is Faisal Shukri, participant GS Trophy 2016 in Thailand and also GS uh, Trophy Marshall in Mongolia 2018. My first question to you is, uh, by definition, a GS Trophy Marshall has to be an experienced motorcyclist and you've done just about everything on your motorcycle tell me tell me what you've done riding wise in your life so far i'm start riding very young 16 years old maybe 25 28 start riding big motorcycle and my first gs i bought year 2007 gs 200 and then 2011 i start traveling around Asia. So four years after you bought your first GS, you already thought about doing some big trips? Yeah, yeah. My first my first uh, big trip, I sent bike to Turkey and then right to here in Garmisch. My, my first attend BMW Motorrad days. And not the last, until now, today, 2019, I have attended six BMW Motorrad days with the group uh, with the group, I organized the tours. So what made you decide to go around the world on your F800 GS? Yeah, I like to travel. For me, I think the best way to travel is by, by road, by land. By plane or by air, you can see much. Huh? You can, by land, you can see more. Like you, Andy, you travel some part of the world. You can see the culture, not not about riding, the culture, the people. I have met friends every corner around the world. And you spent four years in total riding around the world? Yeah, four years, more or less 80 countries. I start from Kuala Lumpur to London, and then from London I ship my motorcycle to Buenos Aires, and then start my journey from Buenos Aires to Ushuaia, go up to Colombia and effort my bike to Panama and continue to Mexico, US and up to Prudhoe Bay and ride back to California and ship again with by sea to New Zealand. The, the ship duration takes one and a half months so I have time to go back to Malaysia because the same way we go down under to New Zealand and spend few months in Kuala Lumpur and then fly again to New Zealand, take my bike, and I travel almost 40 days in New Zealand. 40 days? Yeah, yeah. From New Zealand to Australia, and then Indonesia, and back to Malaysia. Wow, that's an incredible trip. How many kilometers in the end? Around 160,000. So for 2020, the International GS Trophy, the official bike is going to be the 850 GS. So do you think that could be a great bike for the trophy? Yeah, you be a good bike. And you say you spent, did you say you spent about 40 days in New Zealand? Yeah. yeah. What's your impression of the country? For someone who's never been there, do you, is it a great place to hold a GS Trophy event? New Zealand is special. You have everything. From the mountain, glacier, green, green, sea. Yeah, New Zealand have everything. One of my favourite con- country in the world. 
That's what everybody seems seems to say. Now, just to talk about marshalling a bit, because you're one of the marshals for the 2020 event. Um, it's a it's a massively responsible job, you know, looking after teams of riders from all over the world in often quite challenging and remote situations. So, how do you prepare yourself for that responsibility? Actually, I don't prepare anything. I just keep riding, uh, keep focusing on my group. I run the tours, so I don't think I have a problem to guide a group as a marshal. Most important, I have to look for the group, for the safety. At the same time, yeah, we need fun, riding, not too slow and not too fast. Exactly, yeah. And I think uh, your experience uh, as a certified tour guide must have helped prepare you for this role. I mean, for example, that's what you're doing now. You, you've brought 11 people to Garmish. Uh, are they 11 people from Malaysia? Or? Uh, one from Brunei and 10 from Malaysia. Okay, so so that experience and you do lots of tours all over the world, that, that must be preparation in itself. Eye contact. You have to check all the time. You're, the rider riding with you, if they struggle, like in Mongolia, I always check. Riding, stop, might, you okay? Should we stop? Uh, if if they are struggle, and then we go somewhere, stop, I bring them to buy ice cream. <laughs> and then we go again and ice cream no goes pressure. a long way this yeah. is your holiday that's brilliant because that's the thing because you are dealing with riders uh, because the, the groups are mixed up every day you get to ride with all of the riders from all the teams but they are very different ability levels in some cases so how do you deal with that situation as a marshal so if if, if I have the riders it's a week I, I'm I'm happy to have this rider riding behind me because he can see my line and then also I, easy for me to monitor. It's, it's all about organize. Yeah? And do you think that your experience as a competitor in the 2016 trophy has made you a better marshal because you understand a little bit of what these guys are going through, these guys and girls? Yeah, I agree, agree with you. My experience as a participant help a lot so I look experience and then I see the system and of course in Mongolia the previous uh, more experienced martial and I ask and learn from them and what for you is the best thing about riding a GS or being a GS rider even GS 200 is my favorite bike to play to ride yeah all bike is good but the GS is, for me, is special, part of my life. The boxer engine, yeah, it's totally different with any engine you can have. Paralever, telelever, riding mode, you have everything. To compare to other brands, some brands, I don't want to mention, with better suspension, but how many percent you go Dakar, <laughs> you go crazy off-road or whatever GS you can go off-road very good on-road Alps you can play with some sports bike in the mountain yeah the GS have you still got your HP2 Enduro? I have both actually HP2 Enduro and HP2 Sport still in my garage so you want to sell the HP Enduro to me? no way (laughs) 
<laughs> you never sell that bike. But I can lend you as a loan. <laughs> Final question for you, Faisal. What's your advice to the new GS Trophy participants, to the guys and girls who have won places on teams or who still have to do their qualifiers? What's your advice to them to prepare for the next months ahead? For the GS Trophy in New Zealand, prepare yourself, your fitness, keep on focus. When you get to New Zealand, enjoy the country. It is beautiful. Have fun. Experience. This is once in lifetime experience, the trophy, only a lucky GS rider can be in the final. So they are lucky. And it's not just about the riding, and it's certainly not about the competition, really. It's, a, it's about the community, isn't it? I agree with you. From my experience as a participant, now I have brother and sister everywhere in the world as a GS rider, spirit of GS. Anywhere I go... Somebody will send me a message on Facebook or on my Instagram. Hey, come stay with me. Hey, I have bike here. Hey, I have bike there. Yeah, but sometimes we are also busy <laughs> to go visit all of them. <laughs> ah, yes, but it's great to get the offer, isn't it? And and from my experience in the trophy as well, it's not always the guys who are at top of the leaderboard who are having the best time, is it, you know? Agree. You can see some. Huh? They go... Relax, enjoy the event. It's not a must for you to do everything the best daily. If you focus, no pressure, I think you do better than anyone. Absolutely. Well, so as you say, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Thanks for your advice, Faisal. Brilliant talking to you as always. Good luck with the rest of the tours and, and the busy months ahead. Take care, mate. Thank you, Andy. Nice to see you again. Thanks Faisal and thanks JB. That's it for episode 12 of Ride and Talk. We hope you've enjoyed this insight into a few of the many faces behind the international GS Trophy success story. I'm also hoping to have a final word with Matthias and Amelie in Munich. They're the project leads for this amazing event and have been working tirelessly behind the scenes for over a year to bring this unique customer experience to fruition. I'll try to catch up with them before they head off to the other side of the globe to prepare for the GS world that'll soon be making its way towards them. We'll bring you that final chat at some time towards the end of January. Until then, it's Alfie Design from me. I hope you've enjoyed this latest podcast. Bye for now. Bye.